Welcome to Big Hospitality's latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Big Hospitality and Restaurant Magazine Deputy Editor Joe Lutrerio and today we're speaking to Andre Lussman. Andre has now worked in Mosexa for over 30 years and opened his first Lussman's fish restaurant in North Kensington in 2002. Today he runs five restaurants in Hertfordshire and a further site in Oxford. So welcome uh, Andre, how, how are you today? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, very well, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so you've uh, very unfortunately had to, had to shut your, your six restaurants, but you have just launched a, a sort of meal collection service. Can, can you tell us a bit about that? Um, yes, we closed the six restaurants um, as around the same sort of time as everybody closed their businesses, um, either just before the government advised us to do it or when the government advised um, and unfortunately, we, we'd only just launched our listeners in Oxford, in Jericho, and one week before this all happened. So we were in full flight in launching that restaurant. The minute we became aware that there was an issue and we couldn't carry on trading, it became very clear that um, we initially had staff that wanted to work. We had produce that was sitting in our fridges. And there was um, initially a demand for food to go, takeaway, delivery, and a whole assortment of those services. And we very quickly made a decision to steer away from takeaway and just focus on ready-made meals and additional pantry items from day one. And how many of your sites are you operating from? Well, we've, 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 we've shut five sites and um, we've essentially established you know, what is um, now regarded a dark kitchen uh, in our St Albans restaurant. And that is feeding um, an area which covers two of the restaurants, which is half of them in St Albans. And um, we offer a, um, a combination of click and collect, which is about 20% of the customers um, which are ordering online. And the other 80% who are ordering online have a delivery um, during the weekend. So we essentially provide them with um, ready-made meals that last between three and four days. They can store in their fridge and they can eat well. Um, if they're not during the week, they can eat well with our food between Friday and Monday. And um, how are you getting that food people are you doing it yourself or are you using a delivery partner initially we're covering all bases ourselves so um we turned after 30 years of running a restaurant company we turned this man's um into an e-commerce site um, within 30 hours wow. and then um opened that general public um and we naturally made 101,000 mistakes along that 30 hour <laughs> journey um but i'm happy to, um the first weekend you know we, we looked after you know 50 or 60 deliveries and that has grown, whereby this weekend we'll be looking at delivering um, about 300 to 300 households. Now, that doesn't sound uh, a huge amount, but um, I suppose my new respect for delivery drivers and the whole logistics behind um, ordering online, producing in a restaurant, packaging accordingly, and then delivering are essentially parts of the puzzle that we've never had to worry about because restaurants essentially don't do food to go they you know we've always looked after people in our building so it's been a very um a new experience and a very demanding experience and something that has required us to learn very very quickly um on a you know on, a, on an hourly basis essentially a lot of restaurants are looking to do similar things what, what advice would you give them well there are a number of things i mean firstly is is that um things i'm learning about are uh, firstly you know, we, we've all we've all got a certain amount of debt. So I suppose you have to work out that you're not adding more debt 
for what already is a, a very difficult scenario for most restaurants and most businesses which are cash reliant. Um, it's no good having a fantastic to-go business and suddenly realizing that all you've done is you've added more debt onto a debt pile which will put you as a director in, in, into some further trouble down the road. So that's one thing I'm looking at and realizing and appreciating it's, it's very relevant. Um, the other thing is, is, that, is that this is going to be a long period of three, four, five months and where some are able um, and are fortunate enough to maybe wait in the, um, uh, you know, uh, to one side whilst they're furloughed. One of the concerns is, is that those which are working very hard day and night to produce this delivery service to allow the lights to stay, stay on, to allow hope to flicker through, the worry is that you will be exhausted by the end of this process and might find yourself you know, unable to sort of get going when everyone else is getting going. So that's also another concern and something that has to be considered. Um, and naturally, you know, in addition to that, the staff which are not furloughed, those which want to work, um, are constantly aware that their colleagues are staying at home and are not working um, and are getting 80% of the £30,000 which has been provided. So there's a morale issue there. There's also an issue whereby potentially um, staff are wondering, is it worth it? Is it worth the health risk? Is it worth the hardship, the, you know, the, the fact that it's different hours, the fact that it's very long hours, the fact that it's very intense. We're all doing things we're not used to. Job descriptions have gone out the window. So, you know, these are the negative components that I suppose you don't think about when you set up a new business. I mean, essentially what we've done is, and what a lot of pubs and restaurants and businesses are doing is setting up a satellite business within your own business. And, um, you know, you've just got to be aware that this is not going to take um, you're not going to, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to be able to turn it around and create a cook-style frozen meal business overnight, however much equipment you've got. And that's another thing. Do you have the right equipment? Do you have the right gear? Are the utilities turned off because we all turned off the direct debits on day one to preserve our cash flow? So as you, you know, as you work through the list of problems, you suddenly realize, right, okay, it's one thing making the food. It's another thing delivering it. And of course, most important is another thing, making sure the staff are happy doing it. How are things in terms of, of supply? Obviously, you get for a lot of fish at your your, your, your business. Are, are the boats uh, still going out? Um, there isn't a problem with that at the moment, purely because food service is zero. So a lot of the fish that these fishmongers would have had would have been immediately put into deep freeze. And they would have said, right, let's slowly start trying to sell it and deliver it and get rid of it. So I don't think at the moment, in terms of food service, there's a massive problem with meat or fish because a lot of, you know, the organic farm we work with in Rig um, and the big wholesalers like Donald Russell, um, they will have, I would imagine, massive stocks, all stockpiled and all ready to be sold. And I'm just waiting for people to call them up and say, I want to buy some produce. So what what sort of stuff are you are you serving people? Are they signature dishes from, from, from the, the restaurant or is it simpler stuff? Well, the dishes that we're selling um, is, is a combination of one, what stocks do we have in our freezers that we can uh, naturally we can defrost and then produce. Secondly, what sells. Um, and thirdly, what looks good and, and tastes good out of a container. Um, and it's simple things like you know, apple and hazelnut crumbles, uh, our free-range chicken chester or a copper van or a hunter's chicken, you know, our organic highland cottage pie, um, the MSD fish pie, shakshuka, you know, wooden reared pork stroganoff, lots of puddings like sticky toffees and honey and thyme puddings and brownies. 
most of the stuff is the sort of stuff that um, carries well, as I mean, travels well, should I say. Um, it's thrown into an oven, 180, 20 minutes. Thank you very much. It tastes delicious. And yes, it's a bit more than what you'd get um, from a supermarket, but the portion is slightly bigger and it, it's much better tasting because you haven't gone through that process of having to pasteurize everything um, because of it having to go through the deep freeze. You, know, you're, you are essentially cooking things correctly, cooling it down um, safely, and then reheating it accordingly. So, so when all of this is, is, is over, Andre, um, how, how confident are you about reopening your businesses and things getting back to normal? Um, I've, I've got no idea um, w- what will happen. Um, you know, normal, uh, the, normal, um, uh, the, the normal rules of business um, economy, demand, supply, everything has been rewritten. And um, I think we've got a lot of um, logistic and administrative and bureaucratic issues to face when we open. Naturally, there'll be a lot of businesses that go bust. There'll be naturally a, a glut of, of, of um, restaurants that, 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 that don't make it. Um, there'll be probably a slightly higher demand because for many, many, many years we've had overcapacity and naturally not enough demand. So I, I don't know where this will turn out. I think all I can do is personally think, can we provide a service to people which are, who need food to go, which is not expensive? Can I do it in a way that remains as safe as we can with regards to my staff? Can we connect to third parties like the NHS where we are in court at the moment, provide them with extra food that they need for their staff? You know, so it really is a day by day, a week by week existence. Um, essentially, you know, with one light on and one gas burner still on, it means that we're not quite, you know, hibernating in full. Um, because when you close and you don't know when you're going to reopen, regardless of whether our staff were furloughed or not, we don't know whether we'll reopen. We don't know what the landscape will look like. But whilst you keep something going, you give yourself a sense of belief that, you know, Every day, one door remains open, which can obviously lead to another opportunity. But when you go home and everything's closed, then that's when you don't know what will happen. You know, you, you know, there's no sense of knowing when you'll ever reopen again. So what is your, your main motivation for keeping that one site d- doing stuff? Well, the, the motivation is, is, is two or three things. Firstly, is that when you're going to work, you believe you have a sense of focus um, when you go to work and you know that, you have hundreds of people emailing you saying, we want your deliveries. We really appreciate your deliveries. And when you go to work, you recognize there are other members of your team who probably can't afford to be furloughed and need to come to work. There is a, among many secondary issues, there is a problem whereby we might well, unfortunately, breed a community of idleness. Now, I appreciate we have to stay at home to a certain extent, but you know there are staff who come to me and say, I can't really afford to pay my outgoings. I need to work. I need to add value. I need to support other people in my own community. I want to help people in the wider community. We're doing it in a safe way. Um, these people can't get food. We can deliver it to them for not a lot of money. So I suppose for all those reasons, you you, you know you think it's worth going to work. Um, whereas if you stay at home because you've been required to, because of the company that requires you to and the, and the government has demanded that you do so, it can be very lonely and it can be very desperate because mentally you feel lost, uh, not knowing what to do and where to go. 
And that can't be a good thing either. I mean, there has to be a balance in terms of keeping people mobilized, keeping people working, and keeping people working to create food for those who need it. Um, are we an essential worker? I don't know. We're not, the, we're not as essential as the NHS, no. But if you look at the hundreds of emails I get from people saying, stop uh, thinking about stopping, please carry on delivering, then you suddenly realize, like so many pubs and restaurants up and down the country, you feel as though you've just got to get on with it and keep on going. But I suppose you have to be aware that in the end of all this, the satellite business within the business that we all run or we used to run has to be financially viable. Otherwise, we're all going to be in more trouble down the road than we are already. Well, I think that's a, that's a good note to, to, to leave it on, Andre. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us and, and best of luck with everything. Mm-hmm.